It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Viking Saints in London were breaking down which matchup could be the biggest X factor in Sunday's game, plus Timberwolves media day talkers and a look around the NFC North. It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Here 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. That's Can't what run. you're going to do to me. Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post-game breakdowns and red-hot takes. The, the Timberwolves need a stitch. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with superior sports talk. Part of Locked On Sports, Minnesota. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, superior sports talk presented by Locked On Sports, Minnesota. It's your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. Find us streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Look out for our Locked On Sports, Minnesota app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV, end up on CARE 11. Reg, hump day, Vikes in London. You only got about 72 hours to bust out that British accent for the world to hear. Let's go. <laughs> Look, I'm still on, trying man. to figure out who I can convince to take me as a carry-on. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even picking. Yeah. You can check me. You can yeah. just check yeah. me, and, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, be down there just chilling. We get off the plane. You pick me up at baggage claim. Let's go to London, baby. Yeah, very jealous of everybody who's already over in London. Our boy Arif Hassan's over there right now. He celebrated Ugh. his birthday yesterday. Going to be a great week and a great game for sure. Lots to get into, but remember, follow along on the Lockdown Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. And on Twitter, give us a follow, at LockdownMIN. Remember, we're a podcast, too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we got it. Tons of great choices over there. The Ron Johnson Show, The Football Party, and more. It's your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button, and drop us a five-star review. All right, to football we go. Vikes Saints, London, Sunday, 8.30 a.m., bright and early. I mentioned yesterday, kind of an early look at the injury report for the Vikes. Harry the Hitman expected back. Booth Jr. going to be in the mix at practice. We'll see if he can give it a go. And all signs point into Dalvin Cook saying he wants to play. He's ready. But if the training staff gives him the green light, that's another story. On the other side, you got some big names for the Saints dinged up right now. Both Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, they got injuries mm. they're dealing with. Thomas a toe, Landry an ankle. Although neither appears to be too serious. Early signs point to Landry will play. Thomas going to have to wait and see. But I would guess as of now, he's going to give it a go. A third wide receiver, Traquan Smith, he's in concussion protocol, along with their starting mm. left guard, Andres Pete. Finally, most importantly, Jameis Winston playing with four fractured vertebrae on top of an ankle injury. It sounds like he's going to try to play, but I can't imagine how a healthy Andy Dalton, one of the better backups in the league, or even Taysom Hill, is a worse choice than Jameis with this broken back. Quick thoughts on all these injuries heading into Sunday. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it in the past few seasons. Andy Dalton coming in as a backup, really kind of being a, a guy who could stabilize an offense. You know, in mm -hmm. Dallas, when Dak went down, he came in and did his thing. Uh, I remember going back to Cincinnati, you know, he was out there balling. And he's a more than capable quarterback. So I don't know why you you chance it out there with with you know Hobble Jameis, if you can put a guy like Andy Dalton back there and he can run your offense efficiently. 
doesn't matter to me. Like, if you're a Vikings fan, you're like, yeah, yeah, we want Jameis, especially because Jameis has a penchant of throwing the football to the wrong team and often. And so, especially if Thomas and Juice is going to be hobbled, he's still working on that connection with Olave. And that offense just hasn't looked Sean Payton-like mm-hmm. since Sean Payton left. And so, look, if if you're going to say, hey, We'll take a, a, a hobble Jameis over a healthy Andy Dalton, over a healthy Red Rifle. Be my guest. Go ahead. Let's, you know, the Vikings are like, let's go out here and get this dub on Sunday. Worth noting, Jameis was not at practice today, which isn't a huge mm. surprise. But what is a surprise is Taysom Hill was taking the QB2 reps. So something to monitor. Hill, by the way, 4-1 and one as a starting quarterback for the Saints just last year. Although, if you ask Saints fans, Hill's probably the last guy they want under center Sunday. From a Vikes <laughs> defensive perspective, I'm with you. I want Jameis out there because this mm-hmm. little mixture, these little cat and mouse games of both trying to prepare for a new quarterback in Andy Dalton on top of what you know they'll sprinkle in some Taysom Hill packages, that scares me a lot more than just seeing Jameis out there on Sunday. Saints are also without their two left tackles, so they're on their third stringer, James Hurst, who actually hasn't been that bad thus far. When you look at both these teams now, from what you've seen thus far through three weeks, what's the one matchup you're watching for this upcoming Sunday that's going to have a big impact on the outcome of this game? Because we'll get to it here in a minute, but I need to see the Vikes pass rush be better. 28th in the league in pass rush win rate. Bottom five, Reg, Hunter, Zedarius, Wanham. Where are my pass rushers at? What's happening here? The only time they were cooking with gas was against the Packers at home. They were down three starting offensive linemen. But if Jameis does go, given how banged up, how hobbled he is, he's kind of a pure pocket guy. He needs a clean window. If the Vikings can finally turn it on now, this would be the right time because the Vikes would have a great shot, kind of limiting the Saints offense if they can force Jameis to try and scramble and try to slide and move around a little bit more than he wants to. What matchup do you think is pivotal for the Vikes to come away with the win Sunday. It is by far for me, Justin Jefferson and Marshawn Lattimore. Mm-hmm. Like Lattimore gets Mike Evans so stirred up, he wants to fight. And Mike Evans fights and he gets suspended for a game. And it's just like, look, Justin Jefferson is usually a guy that keeps his cool out there. And, you know, it's interesting. He's playing his hometown team with the Saints, like, he's going to be juiced up to play against those guys. You got Jarvis Landry on the other side, fellow LSU brethren. Look, the last couple games, people saying Darius Slay locked him up. You know, Jeff Okuda really did do a great job against him last game, you know, despite also being some double teams there, some triple teams even, too, that he had to contend with. But Marshawn Lattimore is one of the best cornerbacks in the game. And he is going to be in Jefferson's face all day or day. And so I want to see how Justin Jefferson responds. I want to see how Kevin O'Connell finds a way to get him more involved. Three catches, 14 yards in that last game. Like, we did a story on it being the other guys coming through. Thielen, Osborne, those guys finally getting going. And I do think the dam was broken a little bit with Kirk being like, oh, yeah, like these other guys are very much so capable of doing this, you know, but they have heavily featured and targeted 
Justin Jefferson, you know, Kirk has been looking at him. You know, he's the first option on all these reads that he's taken. You know, he's still getting adjusted, still getting more comfortable with this new offense. And so he's like, look, if I know I don't have anybody else, I know I got Justin Jefferson. But it's like the last couple games, it's like, well, do you, Kirk? Because they are really doing a good job of trying to take him out of this offense. The challenge is going to be for Justin Jefferson to go out there and beat Marshawn Lattimore on some of these one-on-one matchups and also on Kevin O'Connell to find ways to scheme Justin Jefferson open if that is a possibility with all the double teams and triple teams that he sees now game to game. But they're going to have to find a way to get him involved. He's going to be a key to their offensive success on Sunday. This sounds ridiculous. I know people are going to say, oh, poor baby. But sometimes when you got a superstar wide receiver, it can be a little difficult for quarterbacks because they want to get them the ball so badly, and they sometimes can force it a little too much. You just got to take what the defense gives you. Kirk found that out. The right wing was successful towards the end of the game, but up until that point, obviously they're trying their best to scheme Justin Jefferson open in that Cooper Cup role. You can't force it. I remember in the Randy Moss era, Mike Tice dubbed it the Randy ratio because they wanted to get Randy the Mm. ball four out of every 10 plays or something like that. So it's like, if it's not there, it's not there. Other guys are going to be open make the defenses pay that way and then eventually they will have to adjust and JJ eventually by the end of the day should be open yeah Vikes offensive defensive line ranks check this out 28th in pass rush win rate not great 20th in the league in run stop win rate a little bit better but still not great but on the other side of the trenches third in the league in pass block win rate and sixth in the league in run block win rate so clearly a tale of two sides here for these trenches offensive line been such a dominant pleasant surprise thus far while the defense still trying to figure it out put it all together under Donatel. we knew it would be a work in progress but it's got to start clicking here soon because the talent in certain areas are there on this defense getting Harry and Booth back would be a huge help too. Rounding up here, ESPN's latest power rankings, Vikes back inside the top 10. They land at number nine. Packers at number seven after beating Tom Brady and the Bucks. Lions at number 25. And the Bears at number 22. Miami, your number one team in the NFL. Quick thoughts on these uh, ESPN power rankings. Yeah, they 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 track right. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. cool to see the Vikings move up 11 and they talked about you know, Kirk Cousins still trying to find his comfort in this offense being a reason why um, they still aren't clicking the way that they should. It's funny, like after that first week against the Packers, you're just like, whoa, like so many possibilities. This offense is going to be great. Then they come out against the Eagles and you're just like, oh, no, they still got some work to do. And then through what? A quarter and a half against the Lions, you're just like, what is going on here? Are the Vikings going to suck? And then all of a sudden, the offense is able to turn it on. And then we see how the game ends with the dub. It's just like, oh, okay. Like, I think this team is very much a work in progress. But putting them at number nine, I think, is ESPN seeing that this team has a lot of potential, a lot of talent. The problem for me is, like you said, where has the pass rush been? What was interesting on Sunday is they were initially getting after Jared Goff, kind of like pressuring him. But most times he was able to step up into the pocket and really elude that that rush, that threat. Or he was able to move around a little bit and just evade the pressure. And all of a sudden he was cool. Like he could stand there and deliver to whoever he wanted to throw to. So like – 
other than like the initial pressure, you know, they were, you know, I saw Hunter and some of these other guys just kind of getting up the field and then golf is just able to clear that and mm -hmm. he's good. And we're like, okay, well, where's the other people? Like, where's the stunts? Like, where's the, you know, is there anybody else that's supposed to be coming after? Like, didn't see a whole lot of blitzes or a whole lot of, you know, delayed, you know, stunts or, or things like that, that really kind of made the pressure a little bit more multifaceted for golf. And so I think that's something that you, you really look out for Wanham got the sack against Philly. That was cool, but like really they weren't doing a whole lot to pressure him. When you're playing that soft shell coverage defense and then you're not getting much of a pass rush, the guys are going out there just playing pitch and catch out there. And you're just like, okay, all right, anybody going to stop anything? Is that going to be a thing here? And I'm just looking for the defense to play a little bit more complimentary from the front end to the back end, the linebacking has been strong between Kendricks and Jordan Hicks is looking like a stud. But I think you're really hoping and looking for the Vikings to really put it all together. And Sunday presents a great opportunity to be able to do that. But even with that, I think it's very generous that ESPN has them number nine at this point with what we've seen. Yeah, no, you're right. They jumped from 11 to 9, so in the top 10. A couple just interesting tidbits from the rankings. Your Super Bowl teams, the Rams and the Bengals, are at 5 and number 10. They're off to a slow start. Mm -hmm. Super Bowl hangover is real. A couple early surprises. Ravens at number 6. They jumped from 9 to 6. And Philadelphia Eagles, man, I'm not surprised. But to see them this dominant, holy smokes, they're in the top three right now. The other one that I'm just kind of scratching my head, Broncos, I get it. They're 2 and 1, but they just looked atrocious especially on no. offense Ugh. they're at Ugh. number 12 man i i just uh Ugh. that seems a little high for me in my money right now and last one jacksonville jaguars man they jumped from 24 all the way up to 13 wow. <laughs> i'm not surprised in that one either i kept banging the table i said trevor lawrence just needs a real coach the jags are two and one looking like maybe an upset in the afc south division obviously very early only three weeks into the season vikes start packing their bags for london their third trip over the pond team is two and already looking for their third straight victory versus the Saints. Set your alarm clock. Kickoff 8.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Plenty more Vikes and NFL talk to get into. Next, we're going to get into Timberwolves talkers at Media Day. But first, the Vikes Saints line keeps moving around with so many key names up in the air on the injury report. Vikings currently sit at three-point favorites as we speak. You can check those odds out and more with BetOnline. BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, and info, you want it, they got it. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to betonline.net today to learn more. That's betonline.net. It's where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day on the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. Drop us a five-star review or find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button leave us a comment let us know what you think all right 
to basketball we go. Timberwolves mm. held their opening media day to kick off the new season. Reggie was there up close and personal, chatting it up with many of the Wolves' biggest names, including Anthony Edwards, who spoke about his main focus in the offseason when it comes to his play on the court. Let's take a quick listen. I think I, I went into this summer with like a, a mad, like a, a mindset of just being a madman because the way that we lost, like we won like four out of the five games and we lost in the last five, six minutes of the fourth quarter. So I kind of like took uh, took it took it personal with myself on just being better, being able to hit those shots in the clutch. Like I said, being in better shape and just working on my game overall. I played against Donovan Mitchell this summer. Um, he works really hard and um, it was a, pretty uh, intense run with me and him because we was going at each other the entire time. So uh, I think uh, the competitiveness there was pretty good. Rebounding, defending, pushing the ball up the court. Three big takeaways there for me, Reg. Obviously noting their inability to close out some key games and critical moments down the stretch. We're all hoping Ant will take his game to the next level this season. After chatting with him, do you think his focus and energy are in the right place? Yeah, it, it really appears so, you know, we were looking at social media this off season, you know, as we were kind of lauding his acting debut in mm -hmm. the Netflix movie with Adam Sandler <laughs> and Juancho Herman Gomez. Like that, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. But man, he's put out some videos this summer of him really getting that work in. Like this summer has seemed to be all about work for him. You know, he's playing football. He's tossing football around, throwing it deep at Georgia Tech. Like, this dude is has been focused this offseason on getting better. And he talked about being in better shape. That was something that was, he feels, kind of gives him a little bit more of an edge this year that will allow him to take his game to the next level. And it's interesting because the Wolves lose a lot of depth when they traded for Rudy Gobert. And so they are relying on their stars to be their stars. And Anthony Edwards is looking for like a, a, a all-star type of an effort this season. And that's what they're going to need because now you're, you're talking about some of the, the key guys that were on the bench that are not there anymore. Enter a guy in like Austin Rivers um, for Pat Bev. And he talked about kind of taking on that that role. He's like, look, I'm a different dude than Pat Bev. He was like, Pat is different. We all can agree on that. But bringing that veteran presence, he's a 30-year-old. You know, everybody else is 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 young. I think the the next oldest player is is Rudy. And so um, I think that's something that is going to be on Ant this year to really kind of step it up, be more consistent with his shots. You know, he's going to get some open looks in the corner. You know, um, Rudy Gobert talked about how much he wants to be a better passer. And so him drawing some attention in the paint is going to get guys like D'Lo, guys like Ant open, guys like Jaden McDaniels open in the corner. They're going to have to knock these shots down. And they're, you know, they're looked at as a team that could be 60 plus wins this year with the improvements that they've made. And Ant is a big part of if they're going to get to that next level like they hope to. Yeah, a lot of fun to hear him talk about specific parts of his game he wants to improve. Also, a lot of fun to hear from Rudy Gobert on the untapped and just kind of limitless potential of his new team now that he's gotten a feel for the talent he's suiting up with this season. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. I don't think there's a ceiling. You know, uh, 
I mean, when you look at the roster and the talent that we have in this group, it's, uh, I mean, it's pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, we, you know, I'm lucky to be surrounded by a group of guys that can really, I think, uh, accomplish anything. Now it's about, you know, building the, the right habits and, uh, and just keep, keep learning, keep getting better every day. And, uh, and I think the sky is the limit for, for this group. I don't think there's a ceiling. Words from Gobert, who's teaming up with the likes of Ant, Cat, and D'Lo. I thought it was interesting, his comments on D'Angelo, and how impressed he was with his ability to find him in practice in the passing game. Final thoughts on just this core of talent, and how long does something like this realistically take to gel together and kind of find that chemistry on the court? Well, they first need Cat back. <laughs> They're relying help. on these two twin towers, and Cat is still out uh, dealing with the non-COVID illness. So, you know, Rudy talked about yesterday, like, hey, I still have not met this guy in person since I've gotten traded here. So that would be a thing. I think it's going to take them a, a little bit. You know, they got some time, though, to get some training camp reps in, to get some practice reps in. They're going to get some – preseason reps in I think by the time they get to the first game of the season they should be good to go but that's going to be a work in progress all season them just learning each other learning each other's tendencies how they do things you know where this person wants the ball how they are going to best be effective on the court how Cat and Rudy are going to be able to both be out there without clogging up the lanes or you know we know that Cat wants to stretch the floor, best three-point shooting big man ever. You know, Dirk Nowinski might have a word with that. But, you know, Cat wants to stretch the floor. And Rudy being out there, being in the paint, being able to make plays out of the paint, I lie like a, a Shaq back in the day, making things happen for Kobe and some of his other, Robert Ory and, you know, some of the other guys that were out there with him. I think that's going to be an important piece with seeing how Cat and Rudy can play out there together. And then also, you know, a lot of people talked about what this does with D'Lo and how this helps him playing off the pick and roll with Rudy, being able to throw it up there for him. And, you know, we know what D'Lo is trying to do out there. He's a volume scorer. He likes to get his shots up. But this is going to cause him to really – be more of a point guard and get more of his teammates involved and really kind of show off the assist part of his game as well. So this is going to be a work in progress. I'm interested to see how this goes. Chris Finch mentioned, and this is what we all have mentioned, in a league that seems to have gone smaller, the Timberwolves have doubled down on going bigger. And look, I get it. You kind of look at what Memphis did to the Timberwolves in the playoffs, and you're just like, oh, okay, like we can kind of see how, you know, you can just kind of big a team to death and see how that works. But at the same time, you're just like, well, that's not necessarily how the NBA game is going right now. So if they can provide some mismatches with Cat, with Rudy both being on the floor, I want to see how it comes out. Yeah, schedule's soft right out the gate, to be honest. So maybe a great time to find a rhythm early with a little trial by fire. Thunder, Jazz, Thunder, 
Spurs, Spurs, Lakers, Spurs. Could be a nice little stretch just to get their feet wet and see the potential and maybe some flashes early on how good this lineup mm -hmm. could be. Wolves' first preseason game, October 4th versus the Heat. Regular season kicks off in just three weeks versus the Thunder on October 19th. All right, time has come. New favorite segments here called Gimme One. Gimme One. First one up here, Reg. Give me one preseason prediction you're already regretting and what changed. You know what? I stand by all that I've said in the preseason. <laughs> I think the cool thing that that is going in my favor right now is we're still early. So, like, I look good. You know, I think I made a projection about Justin Jefferson being the dude. Like, it's not looking so good right now. You know, I need him to come on, you know, if he's going to be, be uh, Cooper Cup's numbers from last season. Yeah, Time quit playing around now. Come on, quit playing games now. That. Let's go. Turn yeah, it on. Turn yeah. it on. But um, I think I did say that the, the Vikings will have 3,000-yard receivers, and I'm still alive with that. You know, it seems that Kirk Cousins is getting Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne more involved in the, in the offense as of really last week, honestly. But I think, like I said, that broke the dam. And so I'm still alive. I'm still alive for a lot of the stuff that I said coming into the preseason. So I'm standing by that loop, Mr. Spinman. I'm standing by it. When Justin Jefferson broke all those rookie records, he didn't even play the first two games. So mm -hmm. even though Thielen and Osborne kind of started out slow, and now JJ's kind of been a little non-existent compared to what we expected these last two weeks, there's still so much game left to be played in the season. I'm bumming out about my Chargers, man. I really thought they were going to be magic this year. Herbert takes another step forward. Austin Eckler, great offensive line. Mike Williams, Keenan. They've just been hobbled by injuries, man. If it's not Herbert with the ribs, it's they lose Rashawn Slater, their Pro Bowl left tackle. Keenan Allen's been out the last two weeks they're just getting Jaylen banged Guyton. up left and right yeah him uh, uh joey bosa's week to week right now so uh chargers 15 in those espn power rankings at one and two and in that division you better be careful man because if you start out slow that division that afc west could gobble you up right now so watch out chargers hopefully they can bounce back and get healthy here soon next one up give me one lamar jackson versus josh allen this week and Patrick mm -hmm. Mahomes versus Tom Brady. Give me one of those four quarterbacks that most needs to beat his star counterpart. Uh, to me, I'm going Lamar Jackson. This mm -hmm. is shaping up to be an MVP-type season again for him. Let's look at these stats, man. Like, this dude is, oh, is killing dirty. it so far. Yeah. So through three games, he has a 63.6 completion percentage. 10 touchdowns, two interceptions. This last game against New England, this dude went off, okay? Four touchdowns through the air, only one interception. But he also ran 11 times for 107 yards and another touchdown. Yeah, he went off against Miami, too. He ran for like 150. And they lost that one. That was ridiculous. Pay the yeah. man. Like, he is going mm -hmm. to make it so abundantly clear that it's going to be him. He's him. Look, Josh Allen, he's got his money. Like, I feel like people know who he is, and, and we think the world of him. I feel like Lamar Jackson, for all that he's done, especially the Ravens, mm -hmm. pay the man. Like, what what, what is there to, to be done? Like, he saw what Deshaun Watson got, and he's just like, look, why am I not? And Russell. That? 
Yep. Yeah. Why am I not worth that? Why am I not worth more than that? I've done far more than either of those guys have done in the last three to four years. Like, pay me, baby. Pay me. And it's so interesting because I think people were talking about how the book is out on him being a pocket passer and blah, blah, blah. Through the first three weeks of this season, he's shown he is a pocket passer. He's not necessarily mm-hmm. looking to run as people really like make him out to be. He's really being a pocket passer and chopping these defenses up like 63.5 completion percentage. Not bad. Not bad. Not has, bad. That's a higher completion percentage than Kirk Cousins right now. Like, and Kirk is a pure pocket passer. Like Lamar is going off. And I think this season is just him being in his bag and justifying why he's worth the boatload of money that is due him after this season is over with. So any, all these other guys are established. Mahomes has a Super Bowl ring. Tom Brady's got seven. Josh Allen, he's on the come up. But when you look at Josh Allen as opposed to Lamar Jackson, you know, there are Super Bowl expectations for Josh Allen this year. And I think he's going to do what he needs to do to get there. But his situation is secure. The only one who doesn't have the secure situation in this is Lamar Jackson. So I think there's a lot more on his plate to continue to prove that he's that dude. Yeah, I'm kicking myself. I should have known better. As soon as they didn't come to an agreement and reach that new contract extension, I should have known Lamar was going to come out and ball out like this and be hungry and prove that he was worth every penny. Sometimes you see that when guys are free agent deals coming up, their contracts expiring. All of a sudden, man, they just go balls to the wall and they put up sometimes the best statistical season of their career because, hey, they're hungry. Mm -hmm. They're trying to put food on the table. They want to get paid. And Lamar, as you said, definitely deserves to get paid. Just for the uh, sake of conversation, I'm going to go with Mahomes. They blew up that first week, man. Five touchdowns from Mahomes against Arizona. But since then, the Chiefs offense has only scored 17 points in back-to-back games. He needs Mm. to go up against a top-shelf defense like Tampa Bay now that they don't have Tyreek Hill in that offense anymore. That game could be moved to U.S. Bank Stadium. How wild is that? I just wonder what the ticket process would be like if any average go can just go buy tickets and we could go check out Chiefs, Mahomes versus Brady and the Bucks at U.S. Bank Stadium. Kind of a -a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. Yeah, sign me up. All right, that's a wrap today. Back tomorrow, breaking down more Vikings, NFL and more. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30 minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five star review, and take us everywhere on the go. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out every night up on Care 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.